Psalm uh, 145. And just a little update, I was out of town this last week and we went on a bear hunt. And so there were several of us that went up. And so uh, we had uh, uh, four bear that we brought back. And so anyway, it was a successful hunt. And yes, we eat the meat and it tastes good. And so anyway, I've had people here and there asking me how the hunt went. I did not get one, uh, but all the other guys did. And so it was great. Uh, But it was a good time. And I am just so thankful for the ability to be able to get away. And I'm able to do that because we have so many faithful people right here. Uh, We have people that are able to uh, step into the pulpit, be able to lead. Uh, I'm thankful for that. And there were many others that could have stepped in and preached and filled the pulpit. And I'm thankful that that God has blessed this church uh, with uh, great ladies who are leaders. But I'm thankful for all the men who are leaders. Too many churches are are filled with ladies, and I'm thankful for all of our ladies, uh, but also having men in the church uh, that are are willing, capable, able uh, to lead. I'm just, I thank the Lord for that. Uh, Such a blessing. And uh, so here we are in the book of Psalm 145. Uh, as I was up there uh, in the mountains, we were up in, in the Six Rivers National Forest, uh, just above the Hoopa Indian Reservation, uh, south of a little town called Orleans. And as we were up there in the middle of nowhere, where there is no lights, and the night comes around and you look up at that sky, you can't do anything but just praise the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. We have got a great God. We have got a powerful God. The God that we serve is not an imaginary God. He is not a figment of some man's imagination as uh, others will have you believe. Uh, Our faith is not an unsubstantiated faith. Our faith is evident. It is made uh, known by the things which are seen. The things which are seen show us that there is a creator. The heavens declare the glory of God. But look again, Psalm 145 here in verse 1. The Bible says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And here as we look at this, this Psalm 145, it is the last Psalm of David. It is the only Psalm that is entitled a Psalm of Praise. Now, as you look at the Psalms, all of them have praise in them and there is praise throughout. But this is the only one that was titled a psalm of praise. And our God is a great God. And he is worthy 
to be praised. The Bible tells us in Psalm 48 and verse 1 and 2, he said, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion, the sides of the north, the city of the great king? Uh, they, they have put that to music. I'm not going to sing it for you this morning because it's beautiful uh, when it's sung properly. Uh, but uh, here, when we think about uh, this, we have a God who is great. Great is the Lord. And this morning, I just want to help all of us uh, come to uh, a place of worship this morning. I just want all of us to come to a place where we sense a little bit more in knowing how great our God is. Now, our God is so big and his attributes are so great that there is no way in one, one sermon, there is no way in a thousand sermons to be able to explain an infinite God. But this morning, I'm going to, with my tongue, try to bring a little bit of praise to him and, and just help us to see how great is our God. And that is the title of this morning's message, How Great is Our God. And let's pray. Father, we pray that you would bless now. Thank you for these that are here. And Lord, as, as we have gathered, we pray that uh, we would uh, allow our focus to be placed on you. I pray the distractions would be removed. I pray that our, our minds would uh, really center uh, on the teaching, the preaching of your word and uh, the words that you have given us in your word. Uh, and so help us today just to see and to sense how great of a God it is that we serve. And so I pray that you'd bless now for Christ's sake. Amen. Naturally, we are self-centered. Naturally, we, we are consumed with what we want, with what concerns us. Uh, this week, uh, uh, we got back on Friday night, Saturday, the grandkids are with us, and Saturday morning, uh, Deb and the ladies, they took off to that uh, conference up in Chico, and, and so uh, Papa was the babysitter. And so uh, 6.30, one of them woke up, and then 7 o'clock, the other one woke up, and it didn't end. It was on all day. Uh, and, you know, as, as great as it is, and I love, I love my grandkids, all of them, and we've got two more on the way, uh, so November 11th and December 6th. Uh, and so we've got two more, so that will make six uh, grandchildren. Uh, and so uh, we're excited about that. But the reality is, as I was watching the kids, it was, it was amazing. Uh, Arabella, she loves her little brother, Elliot. Uh, but it was amazing to watch that as Elliot would go over to her bear, she my grandkids all have bears because Papa likes bears. And so, uh, so she has this stuffed uh, bear and uh, she wasn't playing with it. She had nothing to do with it. It was laying on the floor. But as soon as Elliot made any attempt to go towards that bear, Elliot, it's mine. It's mine. And we think that's so immature and that's cute with kids, but it reveals the immaturity but unfortunately, we adults aren't too much different. We are consumed with the things that impact us. 
we struggle with this area of praise to God because of that self-centeredness of us. He said, oh, pastor, I have no, no problem praising God. Okay, well, let me, let me share a challenge with you that was shared with me several years ago. Uh, I was at a conference and uh, went to a, a church for a revival and, uh, and Dr. Doug Fisher was preaching and, and he, said, he said, try praying and when you pray, see how long you can go before you ask God for anything for yourself or for somebody else. And I was like, no, I praise the Lord. And I started to pray and I was so quick to be reminded how quick I moved to praying for and asking God for something, whether it was for myself or somebody else. But we come into God's presence and we are, we are asking him for things. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is asking, but there is this component that I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And, and here we come before God and we are to praise him and we are to thank him. Uh, but, but with that, uh, try praying and seeing how long it takes you before you start asking. You see, we are, we are so self-centered. Now, when we say that, this, it's offensive, isn't it? I'm not self-centered. But all of us are. And the only extent that we are not is the result of spiritual maturity. But that natural man, just like Bella, Elliot, it's mine. It's mine. We have trouble with praise because we're self-centered. We have trouble with praise of other people for the same thing. The very same reason why we struggle with praising God is we even have problems praising other people. We have problems rejoicing with somebody over something that is good without turning the conversation back about us. Somebody goes to tell you of a blessing that God has given them. And instead of rejoicing in the blessing... Well, I've had that blessing too, and you know, that happened to me, and we go into telling the story about us. You see, everything keeps turning back to us. We have to interject ourselves in their story instead of just rejoicing in their story. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, we shouldn't share our blessings. I'm just saying there is a natural component to our sinful side of us uh, or our selfish side of us uh, that, that causes us to keep focusing back on ourselves. Now, praise is something that we all need. It's not just that we want it. Praise is something that we all need. And we need that uh, because of who we were made in his image. We are made in the image of God. 
And God tells us that we are to praise him. Now, God is a, is a self-sufficient God. God, is not need, God does not need our praise. God is complete without our praise, but he wants us to praise. Not because he needs our praise, but because we need to see who he is so we will, we will keep him in the proper place in our life. Our praise to God has nothing to do with God's need of praise. Our praise to God is there because it helps us focus on who God is. And when we focus on how great God is, it helps keep us... our keep our life in perspective. It helps keep ourself into check. And so here, when we look at this, we see that praise, it is necessary. We were made in the image of God. We desire praise because God wants that praise. And, and praise is a part of uh, who we are. But, but, but uh, uh, when we think about this area of praise, uh, we, we see that uh, God is a God that is worthy of our praise. So look again, Psalm 145 there. Look with me at verse number three. Psalm 145, verse three. Uh, the Bible says, great is the Lord and greatly to be what? Praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. First uh, Chronicles sixteen twenty five. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. That fear there uh, is to be honored above all gods. He is to be seen as above all gods. He is to be submitted to beyond all other gods. And there are many gods in this world, but they are all false gods. They are all powerless gods. You know that statue of Buddha? It's just a statue. There is no power in Buddha. He has no power to give. There is no power in any of the, uh, the gods uh, that have been placed before us in this world. Uh, God is the, the creator, and, and he is worthy uh, to be praised. And so, so several of his attributes that we want to praise him for, one of the attributes I think is the greatest attribute personally to me uh, in my praise, uh, I want to praise him first of all for his great love. His great love. If you're saved this morning, you have experienced God's love. And there is no greater love than what God uh, can not only give, but the, the love that he is. His love, his great love. Uh, someone wrote, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the, the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole. The priceless pardon and priceless pardon. In one. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. And let me tell you something. We need to be praising God for his love. Uh, his love should be the theme of the song that we have in our soul, in our heart. Uh, we need to praise him for his, his love. Uh, God is an amazing God. Psalm 108.4, for thy 
thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. Uh, God is a God of great love. I just put those verses in the wrong spot there. That is on mercy. Uh, but uh, 1 John 3, 1 there. Skip, skip down to verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Uh, God's love. What manner of love to be called the sons of God. If you're, if you're saved this morning, you're a child of God. And that, that ability to be called a child of God is because of his great love. Great love. What a, what a wonderful love that God has given to us. Uh, he is a, a God of great love. Ephesians 2, 4. Uh, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. His great love, wherewith he loved us. You know what? We're not always so lovable, are we? Let's be honest. You know, sometimes people will say, well, I, I love them, I just don't like them. And that's, that's true. Sometimes people's behavior is not likable, and you can love them as an individual, but you don't have to validate a wrong lifestyle. But the reality is, that's us. I would like to think that I'm always lovable, but I'm not. Ask this lady sitting right there. 34 years she's put up with me. And... Uh, you know, I'm not always so lovable. Now, don't tell them why. Uh, but uh, anyway, I mean, they're, they're all of us, we're not always so lovable. And God knows the deepest secrets. God knows the depths of what's in our soul. The Bible tells us that the heart is desperately wicked. Above all things, who can know it? You and I don't even know the depths of sin that is in us, in our natural man. But God does. And God loves us in spite of it. The Bible says, in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we are sinners, even though, even before we accepted him, he loved us. What an amazing God. Uh, we have a great God. We need to praise him. Why? Because of his great love. We need to praise him that he would love us in spite of us. You know, you and I are our worst enemies. We are our worst enemies. And, and here when we think about God uh, and why should I praise him, I should praise him for his great love. Uh, he loves me even when I am disobedient. Sort of like our kids. Our kids make bad decisions. Yet they're still loved. Why? They're your kids. You know what? God loves us in spite of us. There is a man, his name was, was um, uh, Burns Jenkins. 
Uh, you don't have too many people named Burns as a first name uh, anymore, but Burns Jenkins, he was a popular preacher uh, generations ago, and his son went to college, and when he went off to college, uh, dad told his son, he said, don't enter into this fraternity. Don't join this fraternity. It'll lead you a wrong direction. Uh, don't do so. And, and so uh, what did the son do? As soon as he got to college, what fraternity did he look out for? And he found the fraternity and he joined the fraternity and he lived a secret life for a couple months. The Holy Spirit just started working on his heart. And he went to church and God was working in him. And he picked up a pen and paper and he wrote to his dad and apologized to his dad for his bad choice, for disregarding the counsel that he gave him. And the dad received that, that letter and he quickly wrote a letter back. He said, I forgive you. I love you. I found out about it two days after you joined the fraternity. Isn't it amazing how our sin always finds us out? And dad had already found out, yet dad had already forgiven. Dad still loved even though he disregarded dad's counsel. And you know what? That's what we do to God. God's counsel is right here in his book and he gives it to us and, and we disregard so much of it. Uh, things that we know we're supposed to do that we, uh, that we do not do, a sin of omission. Then the sins of commission, the sins that we know we're not supposed to do and we do them anyway. It's the same thing. And yet God loves us. Why should we praise him? Because of his great love. Why should we praise him? Secondly, because of his great mercy. His great mercy. God is a merciful God. And God's mercy uh, predicates his love and his grace. Uh, God's, God's mercy uh, is a result of that, that, uh, that love. And, and, and that mercy, uh, his, his uh, judgment, uh, God is a merciful God. He does not give us what we deserve. You see, grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. God's mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. We deserve judgment, yet God is merciful. We deserve condemnation, yet God is merciful. We, we deserve uh, the, the consequences uh, of our sins and our behavior, yet God is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. And you know what? Uh, if, if we just get a hold of that one thing there, it would cause us to praise him uh, for his mercy. Uh, Numbers 14, 19, uh, uh, we see this mercy. It's an attribute of God, and, uh, and, and we all benefit from that attribute. Uh, Numbers 14, 19, Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto thy great, the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou has forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. First Chronicles 21, 13. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me now fall into the hand of the Lord for great, uh, for, 
For very great are his mercies, but let me not fall into the hand of man. Nehemiah, uh, he said, nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, uh, nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. We have a God who is a merciful God, and we benefit from that attribute of God. And that because of that, we should be praising the Lord. It shouldn't be that we just say, Lord, thank you for being merciful and go on. Uh, why should we thank him for his mercy? What areas of our life have we affronted God? We have uh, offended God. We have sinned against God. Uh, he has offered mercy uh, to us and we need to praise him. Instead of just receiving it, let's praise him for it. Let's praise him for it. We need to praise him uh, for his great love. We need to praise him uh, for his great mercy. We need to praise him, thirdly, for his great gifts. His great gifts. We're just going to look at one of those gifts this morning. Gift of salvation. The gift of salvation John 3.16, quote it with me together. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What an amazing God. If God has given you the gift of salvation, you need to praise him for it. Think about it. We were born in trespasses and sins. We, before salvation, were at enmity, the Bible says, with God. We are the enemy of God. The Bible teaches us that we were a child of the devil before that we were saved. And now we are no longer a child of the devil. We are a child of the king. Uh, what an amazing God that we have. Salvation, the greatest gift that God has ever given, was tied up in his son, Jesus Christ. He was the gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And what an amazing gift. And that gift of Christ was there for our forgiveness, for our salvation. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved? Have you, have you accepted that gift of salvation? If you haven't accepted the gift of salvation, uh, you need to accept him today. Uh, now is the accepted time. The Bible says, behold, today is the day of salvation. We need to realize what a great gift that was. Uh, if, if we just get saved and we go on about our life as though we were given nothing, what a, what a tragic tragedy. Not just because it's not helping us sense how good God has been to us, but also it impacts our view of what my salvation costs and why I should serve him. You know, if we have no, no gratitude for the salvation, the greatest gift that God has ever given... If there is no gratitude for that, there will not be service to follow. Why would I follow somebody? He, he just gave me something with no big deal. But salvation is a big deal. 
The cross is a big deal. Calvary was a big deal. Uh, the empty tomb is a big deal. The, the, the Lord would, would even be willing to come to this earth and submit himself to become in the form of man and then to submit himself to his own creation and then to be beaten and rejected and despised of men. He went through all of that to give us a gift called salvation. What a wonderful gift. And we need to be thankful for it. We need to praise him. Uh, uh, How great is our God? Uh, He is a great God. He is a God uh, who has given us so much. Uh, He has given his love. He has given mercy. But he has given great gifts. Uh, The gift of salvation. uh, the, The great gift of salvation. We were saved from the penalty of our sin. Glory. Praise the Lord. Uh, We were bound uh, to go to a devil's hell because of our sin. You say, well, I never did anything really bad. Uh, You were born a sinner. My grandchildren, as sweet as they are, uh, all except for Max, uh, they were all born uh, sinners. Uh, Just kidding, just watching his head pop up. Uh, And so all of them, uh, they are sweet and they are innocent, but the reality is they are all sinners. And you and I, we are born sinners. Because of that sin, there was a trespass against God. We crossed the line we were up hunting. And as you uh, get out into the national forest, there were uh, some areas, and we've got a, a program, it's called Onyx, and uh, this program will break down the areas that you're in, and it will show any property lines. And we were, we were in the national forest, the middle of the national forest, and all of a sudden, this little property corner uh, comes across into an area where we were trying to go, uh, and, and it ended up coming right across this little tiny section of the road, and then part into this other road that was off the road, uh, and it was overrun, uh, and so uh, ended up going around this thing. Uh, But when you cross a boundary, you are now trespassing. Trespassing against God is a sin. It is, it is, a, uh, it is breaking the, the laws, the rules that God has established. And when you cross that, you are now an offender. And because we were born sinners, uh, and not only were we born sinners, we have actively participated in sin, uh, crossing those boundaries. And, and with that, God still has offered us a great gift of salvation. What a, what a wonderful gift. And he has, sa- he has saved us from the penalty of that sin, uh, which is death in a place called hell, Revelation 20, 14 and 15. Uh, but he has also, he has saved us from the power of sin. What a great gift. Sin no longer has power over you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, nobody can come before God and say, well, you know, the devil made me do it. Or I couldn't help myself. No, there is, there is no excuse that we can give. That salvation, that gift of salvation that freed us from the penalty of our sin has also freed us from the power that that sin has over us. We are not to be 
slaves to sin. We are not to allow sin to have reign in our mortal bodies. We are not to give sin the rule in our life. Uh, he has saved us from the power of our sin. Uh, Romans 6, 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. You know, there's supposed to be a new life after salvation. It's not supposed to be the same old, same old. And there are people that I have witnessed over the year that say that they have gotten saved, accepted Christ as, a, as their Savior, and then live like the devil. And, and I, just, I just wonder about that. You say, are they saved? I don't know. The only person that knows that they're saved is them and God. But one thing that I do know is when I see that, I feel like they got a different salvation than I got. Because when I got saved, the Holy Spirit of God moved in. And when the Holy Spirit of God moved in, he did a whole lot of house cleaning. Uh, keeping. He did a whole lot of cleaning, trying to get things cleaned up in my life, things that were not pleasing in his sight. And he's still working on me. Aren't you thankful? Uh, he's still working on you as well. None of us have arrived. We've got a ways to go. But the Spirit of God comes in. What is there? There's a new life. A life that is not lived under the power of sin. Christian, don't, don't entangle yourself in the things of this world. You've been saved, not just from the penalty of that sin, you've been saved from the power of that sin. Don't become a slave to sin. It is, it's terrible to see someone allow drugs and alcohol to get victory in their life. What happens they are a slave to that sin. But it's not just drug and alcohol, pornography, hello, gambling, They're, the list, gossip, the list goes on and on. And you and I, just because we are saved, does not mean that we are not living above the power of sin. We can be living under the power of sin, and it can be our master if we let it. We are not to let sin reign in our mortal bodies. Galatians 5, 16, he said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Uh, there's a battle that goes on inside our soul. The good and the evil. And we've got to make a decision what direction we're going to go. Sometimes that appetite for sin, when we feed it, it just creates more of an appetite. Oh, I'll just do it just this one time. It doesn't work out one time, does it? It's sort of like open up a bag of chips and just saying, I'm going to just eat one. It's sort of like opening up a pack of Oreos. Oreos. Three packs of Oreos showed up to, to bear camp. There aren't any Oreos that came back. I wasn't the only one eating them. 
But you can't just eat one. And sin is the same way. We can't give sin that entrance into our life. Years ago, there was a, a hunter for wolves. And this wolf hunter was up in the Arctic areas and uh, cold areas. I'm not sure exactly where, but uh, it was in cold area. And, and these wolves, this, this one guy would, would get more wolves than anybody would get. And they were trying to figure out uh, how he would get these wolves. And uh, this, this old wolfer, he would take a, uh, a knife and he had it just razor sharp, this big old huge hunting knife. And then he would take an animal and kill the animal and he would put the blood in this a bucket and he would put, dip that, that, blood, that knife in the blood and he would let it freeze. And then he'd dip it again in that blood and let it freeze. And pretty soon he had a, he had a popsicle on top of this knife blade. And he would go out into the area and he would bury the haft of that knife. And that wolf would come and he would smell that blood and he would lick that blood. And it would, it would entice him. And so he would lick some more and lick some more and his tongue would become desensitized because of that coldness of the ice. And pretty soon his tongue would hit that knife blade. And now warm blood would start to flow. And that wolf would then just voraciously be licking at that knife blade And the result was that he would bleed to death. You know the devil's that way. We think one lick won't do anything. One look, one act, one sin, one word. And yet we find ourselves being entangled again with the power of sin. Christian, there is no freedom in that. Over the years, watching young people and watching uh, Christians, well, I'm not going to have anybody tell me what to do. I'm tired of I'm tired of the rules. You know what? There are no rules in the Christian life. There are no rules. See, the, the rules guide those that are going the wrong direction. If you're not wanting to go the wrong direction, those rules aren't for you. The rules for, for, for stealing, thou shalt not steal. Well, if, you don't want, if you're trying to get close to the Lord, you don't want to steal. So somebody preaches on thou shalt not steal. It doesn't bother me at all. Why? Because that's not, it's not an issue in my life. I'm not trying to go that direction. It's not a rule that is standing and flashing in my face. Thou shalt not commit adultery, uh, fornication, sins of the flesh. Uh, if you're not going that way, it is not in your face. It's, uh, but when you are going a direction that you are trying to serve the Lord, those rules don't even impact you. When I first got saved, it seemed like every time I walked through the doors of church, the preacher was preaching on my sins. Has anybody else besides me experienced that? 
I mean, he might have been preaching on uh, uh, being a good mom, and here I was, a teenage boy, convicted of sin. Uh, he, the Holy Spirit, whatever the preacher was preaching, the Holy Spirit just kept bringing it back around to my sins and my issues, my areas that I needed to get squared away. And let me tell you something, there is freedom in serving the Lord. We've got to praise Him for that. The great gifts that God has given you. He has given you the gift of salvation, but that salvation is more than just being saved. That salvation is also being salvaged from a world, a life of brokenness. You know, look around. This world is broken. My heart goes out. You drive down the street, and you see person after person whose lives are destroyed. I mean, they all oh, are there, but it's their own fault. Yeah, that might be the case. But they're somebody's son. It's somebody's daughter. Go ahead and be real hard towards those that are addicts until it's your child. You know, God has given us, He is such a great God. How great is our God! He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He is a God of great gifts. That gift of salvation and that gift of salvation from brokenness. The penalty of sin, the power of sin. And if you're God's child, the day's coming either through the undertaker or the uppertaker. One way or the other, we will be delivered from the, the presence of sin. And I'm looking forward to that. No more dealing with this old sin nature. No, deal, no more dealing with a sin-cursed world. The consequences of sin is all around us. Yet we have a great God. And He is worthy to be praised. We need to praise Him uh, for his, his goodness. Several observations. That was all introduction. All right, now I'll get to the message. It will be short. Okay, uh, so a couple, couple observations. First of all, the worthiness of praise, his worthiness of praise, the Bible says is unsearchable. It's unsearchable. What's that mean? That means there is so much more for us to praise God about than we've ever thought about. And we will never think about it if we don't think about it. You won't find those unsearchable things that he is worthy of praise until you start looking for it. You know what? We need to be looking for ways to praise the Lord. We need to look for the things that he has done. His, his uh, goodness, uh, the, 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 uh, the greatness, Psalm 145, 2 and 3. He said, every day will I bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Second, he is to be praised daily. He is to be praised daily. Not just on Sunday, he's to be praised daily. He said, every day will I bless thee. Every day will I bless thee. Uh, he, he is saying, I'm going to praise the Lord. I will praise thy name forever and ever. 
So every day until our days are over, we are to be praising the Lord. So he is to be praised daily. Uh, And thirdly, we are to teach the next generation to praise. You can't teach what you don't do. You can't teach what you don't do. And here that we are to teach that next generation. Psalm 145.4, one generation shall praise thy works to another. One generation is teaching and praising uh, God to the next generation. What is that doing? That's teaching them how to praise. It is teaching them how great God is. And you and I, our faith is not a private faith. We shouldn't say, well, you know, I just, I just don't talk about that. That's personal. Your faith is not supposed to be personal. A private faith is a, is a faith that is un. It's not, it's, not real, it's not a realized faith because faith is to be expressed. And our praise of God is supposed to be expressed. We are to teach the next generation. Fourthly, we are to remember his goodness. Psalm 145, 7, they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. Don't forget. God does something. Don't forget what God has done in your life. You say, well, you know, I just don't know what God's, I, don't, I can't think of anything that God has done in my life. You haven't been thinking about it then. We've got to think about what God has done. He is a good God. He is good to everyone. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust. God is good to everybody. God is good to the person who curses his name. God is good to the one who pounded those nails in the Savior's hand. God is good to everyone. Why? Because that's his nature. It's his attribute of who he is. And we are to remember his goodness. And then we are to sing of his goodness. We are to sing of his righteousness. Uh, What is it? It's praise. And we are to sing. Uh, He said, uh, they shall utterly abundantly they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. God's character is worthy of singing. What are those songs? Those are songs of praise. Songs of praise. One Sunday morning, a, a woman came up to a pastor and thanked him for the encouraging message that he had preached, and in response, he said, well, don't thank me, thank God. And she looked back at him, and she said, well, I thought about that, but it wasn't that good. And so, you know, there, there, are, so, there are things that in life, God is so good, he is always worthy to be praised. He is, he is worthy to be lifted up. He is on, worthy to be uh, honored. Uh, and, and we need to make sure that we are lifting him up. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. This week, let's be mindful about the praise that comes off our lips. You say, Pastor, I, I do praise the Lord. Well, be mindful of all the things that you start seeing him do and praise him for everything that you see him do. You know what you're going to do? You're going to find yourself praising him more and more. 
Why? Because as you start praising him, you're also going to start bringing him into your mindset as you are looking at your life through these lenses, these eyes, and you will start seeing what, how good God is. Praise him for it. So this, this week, let's go through praising the Lord and let's see what that does for our soul. The praise of our lips will also help our own soul, our spirit. It'll help us to be mindful of who God is and that he loves me. And if we have those two things right here, if God before us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what's going on on Fox News. It doesn't matter what's happening in the White House. It doesn't matter what's happening in Sacramento. You start looking at how good God is and all of the other things, they lose some of that importance. Let's keep our eyes on him. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. Uh, Lord, I, I want to praise you more. I want my mind to be sharpened in this area of praise and my lips to be, uh, to be used to glorify you. And I pray that that would be the case of our people here this morning. And Lord, uh, we're here because we love you. We want to, to know you better. And I pray that as we uh, go through our week, that you would help us in this area of praise. But Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, their greatest need is a need of salvation. And so I pray that you'd help us now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Are you a child of God? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? If, if, you don't know, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest need that you have is to trust Him. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I am saved. I know the Lord is my personal Savior. I've accepted Him. I can go back to a time in my mind when I've accepted Christ. And you say, Pastor, that's me this morning. Just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I've accepted Christ. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know. I don't have that assurance. I don't have that confidence. I'm concerned about it. I wish I had that confidence say, Pastor, pray for me. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Just lift your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Unsure of your eternal destiny. All right, I will assume that everybody here today is saved. How about it, child of God? How's our prayer, praise going? Say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart about my praise, and I need to praise him more. My hand's up. Uh, who joined me this morning. Uh, We need to praise him a little bit more. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning to just, just sense and to see how good you are, and may we praise you with our lips. So help us now, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. A short invitation. As the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you to come. Maybe it's been a little while since you've praised him. Just a bowed knee, submissive heart, lips of praise.